At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. So you're paying double for half the insurance. Exactly. Hello, and welcome to Financials Podcast, Future Rich. I'm your host, Barbara Ginty, and I'm also a CFP, which is a certified financial planner for any of our new listeners. And I am here today with my guest, Maisie. Hi, Maisie. Hello. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. I'm so excited. Yeah, I'm excited to have you here. So why don't you um, give me a little overview, um, where you live, how old you are, what you do, what you make, all that jazz. Absolutely. So um, I live in the suburbs of Philadelphia. Um, I grew up in Philadelphia, but moved to the suburbs um, about 10 years ago. So just just right outside of Philadelphia. Um, uh, I make, make $50,000 a year and my husband makes $65,000 a year. So together about 115. Very nice. You know, I went to school at the University of Scranton. And oh, did ev- you? Yep. And then everybody... <laughs> from so this is like an inside joke from the school but everybody was like just outside I'm from just outside of Philly so we had <laughs> the the um the time the president like one of his like I think probably the commencement speech was like all the jobs like just outside of Philly so that was a little inside joke at Scranton that everybody there was from just outside of Philly <laughs> it's a big area so I guess you know <laughs> yeah well, I when I first talked to you, I was like, oh, I bet you she's from Pennsylvania because of your, I can tell a little bit. I can still remember. Um, so what do you do for, what do you and your husband do for work? Okay. So I am an events coordinator and my husband is a customer service manager. Perfect. And then how old are you? I'm 42 and he is 41. And okay. So let's go over your finances. Okay. Is there anything in particular you're looking to do a deep dive on? Or? Yes. So okay. I have a couple of things. So my biggest concern um, is saving for retirement because we are definitely behind in that. And um, we um, 
just got ourselves like totally straightened out. We paid off like $25,000 in debt in the past like year and a half. Oh my saved gosh. Up, yeah. Saved up a five month emergency fund also. Like we okay. just went all in. We were just like tired of this and tired of like feeling stressed out about money all the time. And just, so we just like really buckled down and um, just paid off everything that we just started paying everything off. Um, <laughs> and then we, you know, also one of the security of a emergency fund. So we saved up our emergency fund. And um, the last debt that we have is a home equity loan, okay. which we owe about $17,000 on that. And then after that, it's just our house. Perfect. Um, yeah. So how did you pay off 25000 That's a lot of money to pay off. I know. Um, well, the stimulus has helped. Um, okay. When we got those, like, um, my husband actually lost his job last March too. So we still oh, managed no. to do all of that even after he lost his job. But we just were, well, you know, we just, we couldn't go anywhere and we didn't go anywhere. And we just, we just stayed focused and kind of like just saved everything that came in. And then um, luckily he got a job um, this past September. And then, so we had like, we had kind of put all of that stimulus money aside and just saved it in case he couldn't get a job and we're just very careful. And then when he did get a job, once that felt like secure, then we started just paying everything off and then, you know, just finished paying everything off and continued saving an emergency fund. And yeah. That's fantastic. Okay. So let's, Let's run through your numbers. Okay, so the biggest, so congratulations on emergency fund and paying off that amount of debt. That's huge. So that, that already helps get you on the right track. So we're, we'll talk about retirement, but let's talk about where you currently are. Okay. So what um, what is your together, your household like monthly income? Our household monthly income is about $6,700. Okay. Just taking notes here. Okay. Yeah. So sixty seven hundred, and then what are your monthly expenses? So we. So um, our mortgage we pay biweekly. So okay. um, you know we're trying to get ahead on that as well. So we pay that biweekly, and that's about nine hundred and fifty five dollars biweekly. That's actually exactly what it is biweekly. Okay. So, and then um, our next biggest thing is probably our son's tuition, which is about $525 a month. Okay. And you have one, one son? Yes. Okay. And say, uh, and 525, you said? Correct. For his monthly tuition. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And then anything else? Yeah. Well, I mean, we have like our, our cell phone bills is a hundred, there are 107. Okay. Um, our Comcast is 155. Um, so with my, with my job, I'm lucky that they pay my health insurance. So I don't pay anything for my health insurance and my husband's is like automatically deducted from his pay. Um, okay. so the, actually the, like the monthly pay, like the monthly amount I gave you, that's actually after his health insurance is paid. Oh, so perfect. he actually gets paid a little bit more, but his health insurance comes automatically out. And then we actually, it's the least expensive way to get health insurance for my son is just to buy a plan outright. Okay. So, so that's what we did. And that's $207 a month. Rather than add him to. Um, exactly. If I add him to mine, it's like, it's like expensive. very expensive and same with his. It call, it, when we, when I ran the numbers, it's just cheaper to have him have his own plan. Okay. Perfect. Okay. And then, um, our heating oil, um, where we live, we don't have natural gas. So we use oil. So that's, um, $173 a month. Okay. Um, 
Netflix, $14 a month. Our electric bill, it ranges because it's more in the summer, obviously, but I average it out to about 150 a month if you look at the whole year. Yeah. Okay, perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, and then do you want me to give you like food and gas and all of that? Yeah. So I want to okay. see what we're spending monthly. Yeah. So food, we spend about $750 monthly. Okay. We pack all of our lunches and stuff though. So that's really like everything. Okay. Um, gas. Um, Gas is was kind of hard to track because we weren't driving so much, but yeah. we're like kind of back to driving more. And then it's summertime, so like cutting the grass, we actually use like a little bit more gas because we have to put it in the mowers and stuff. And we have like an acre of land, so um, gas is about two hundred and seventy-five dollars a month. Okay. And then our water bill is about forty dollars a month. We pay that quarterly, but we it's averaged out to forty dollars a month, and then okay. our trash collection is about thirty five dollars a month. Okay, perfect. So then I also um, I have like a, a Christmas fund that we donate that we contribute to. Um, that's fifty dollars every uh, fifty dollars biweekly. So okay, we have mm-hmm. a vacation fund that's seventy five dollars biweekly. And then what am I missing? Okay, so then the what I the only thing I didn't say so far is one of my big questions that I have for you is my life insurance quandary. <laughs> so, yeah. um so, you know, about 20 years ago, I bought into a whole life insurance plan and hadn't had been paying into that, which I could kick myself because if I would have only put that into retirement, I'd be in such a better position right now, but I didn't and that's one of the things that really Anyway, so um, so then I was like, what am I doing? Um, okay, so I have that plan, and then I also have a return of premium term plan. Okay. And then my husband has a small whole, whole life plan that he got 10 years ago, like after we got married. And then um, he also has a small term plan. And I was like, okay, wait a minute. You guys have a lot this of This is crazy, but <laughs> but it actually wasn't enough to cover God forbid something happened to us. So, so that's why we, you had to get the you had to get the term it, because the whole life wouldn't actually cover right. an emergency. Yeah. And the term that we had wasn't enough either. So long story short, we just got ourselves the appropriate amount what what I believe to be the appropriate amount of term insurance for him and for oh. me. So I, so he Yay. got 7 yes, yeah, so he got 700,000 and I got 500,000 for 20 years. Perfect. Okay. And how, so old is now, your, how old is your okay. son? Uh, he's six. Perfect. So that would get him to age 26. And yeah. how long do you have left on the mortgage? Well, at the rate we're going, we have, uh, at the rate we're going, we should have that paid off in about, I think it's about 12 years. Perfect. Okay. So you covered with this, ter- with the 20 year level term, meaning it's, it's going to stay 700,000 for the whole 20 years. Correct. And, Correct. And, 500 for you. and then what is that month? Are you paying that monthly? I'm paying that monthly. So um, with that, so our new our new totals for that are um, $120. Let me just double check that. That's sure. the one thing I forgot to add up. Sorry. It's okay. Yeah, $120. We're paying for that monthly. For both of you? For both of us together, yeah. Okay. And let's just so the listeners know what a scam the whole life is. What are you paying on the whole life? And what? <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, okay. So brace yourself. So, okay. um, so for, so we have the, th- we have the three, um, the two term and then his whole life and together that's $240 a month. And the coverage is like, you know, it's, it's half of what we have with. 
So you're paying um, double for half the insurance. Exactly. Ugh, I hate whole life. But the I, thing is, the thing that bothers me the most, Barbara, is that, you know, I started this when I was like 22 years old. And like, I don't know. You know, I didn't know anything. I grew up with like no financial literacy. My parents, you know, they never had money. They were always just trying to get by. And, um, you know, I didn't, I just didn't know any better, you know, and I'm, well, but I'm mad yeah. at myself for it, but, um, well, I you wouldn't know. be mad at yourself because no one educates you in this. And I always tell people when I teach insurance is most people are sold insurance. So you didn't go out and yeah. buy that. Somebody no. sold yeah, that to exactly. you yeah. and told you that was the best thing. And when you're dealing with a salesperson, you assume they're putting your interest ahead of your own, yeah. right? Yeah. And unfortunately, if the individual is only insurance licensed, which is typically what you see in these scenarios, mm -hmm. they are not a fiduciary, right. meaning they don't have an obligation to put your interests ahead of your own. And, right. and not to say that the insurance people are bad people, but right. they might not be that educated as well, right? Right. They, they might, so, you know, so. That's exactly what, <laughs> so, okay. So that's, that's our, that's our policy through State Farms. So that's 260. And then I have a whole life policy through New York Life and that's a hundred dollars a month. Oh, okay. So then your whole life is a hundred dollars a month, and then the other, yes. the other two terms, and that one whole is two forty. Exactly. Two. It's that, actually two sixty. Two sixty. Okay. So between the old insurance, yes, you're paying three sixty. Correct. And with the and the new insurance, you're paying one twenty. Correct. And the new insurance that you got, that's just the term. Well, yeah. co covers both you and your husband until the mortgage is paid off and your son yeah. is 20, 26. Yeah, I'll be sixty-two and my husband will be sixty. Perfect. So we almost get you to. So now the key is to make sure that when we get 20 years in the future, you actually don't need insurance. Exactly. And take, taken right. care of. Okay. Do you think that that amount of insur insurance is appropriate for us if my husband is 700000 and I'm 500000 Like, do you think that's an appropriate amount of insurance? I know so it's a hard question to answer. No, no, no. It'll, it'll, well, let's see what is on the, what's uh, the mortgage amount? Um, we owe about 210000 on the mortgage. Perfect. Okay. So let's run through. If your husband was hit by a bus tomorrow, you would get $700,000 tax-free, right? right? Right. You would pay off the mortgage. Right. So you would have approximately, let's just say, a little under 500000 Right. And we then would have probably a little, you'd probably have coming in just with your monthly income. Is it about like 2800 a month? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. So you would have twenty eight hundred a month coming in, and you'd have no mortgage, right? And you'd have about a little under five hundred thousand in the bank, right? So I think that would be comfortable. Okay. And then reverse it. So if you got hit by a bus and your husband lost you, same yeah. thing. He would have five hundred thousand. He would use um, pay off the mortgage. He'd have two ninety left over. And he would be bringing in more money. So let's assume he's bringing in. He brings uh, in about, yeah, it's about like just shy of 4,000. So he brings so in like 30. 3,900. 3,900. He yeah. would also now not have a mortgage, right? right? Which I estimated that by weekly payment to, be, you know, I annualized it and then made it monthly. So that's mm -hmm. 2,100 a month. So he mm -hmm. would just have, he wouldn't have that bill. Yeah. So I think he would be comfortable as well. Yeah. The key is you don't want to leave a you don't want the spouse to lose the house. Right. That's dramatic. So the right. goal is to be able usually at a bare minimum you want to be able to pay off the house and then the other the person who's still there 
has enough money to to survive you know, to survive and maybe help pay for school. So if he's yeah. left with approximately two hundred ninety thousand after the house is paid off, he still has good monthly income to pay the regular expenses, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And then there's extra money there for retirement, maybe help a little if your son wants to go to college, but then there's extra money there. So the key really is to make sure that in 20 years, when the insurance goes away, that you're comfortable from a retirement standpoint. Right. Because if you lose your spouse, that can sometimes derail the retirement plan. Right. Right. And I thought, so what we would do at that point, you know, we, God willing, we make it to those ages and, you know, then we would, if we felt like we weren't comfortable, then maybe we would you know, look into doing a smaller term plan for, you know, five years or 10 years, you know, if we felt like we needed to do that. Right. And the only, the only problem is that doing it down at, at that time isn't yeah. expensive because you're older. Right. Right. So let's just talk about how we can get you prepared for retirement so that in 20 years that there's a nest egg built up so that you wouldn't really need. So let me tell you, so my plan is to this is one of the things I was hoping to run by you was like to cancel these other life insurance policies. Mm -hmm. Um, So if I do that and I cancel my New York life, that has a cash value of $29,000. Okay. And then our state farms combined, the three of our state farms combined is a cash value of about $15,000. Okay. And then uh, one question, the New York life with the 29,000, what's the death benefit on that? Uh, the death benefit is 183,000. Okay. Okay. And the other one, what are the other, de- the 15,000 cash value, what is the death benefit um, the, amount the, to? Um, okay. So it's two term policies, one for each of us for 250 and then a whole life for my husband for 50,000. Okay. And then with the two term policies, that's 250 each. Mm-hmm. What, what's the length of, what's the term? 30, 30 years started 10 years ago. Okay, so you have 20 years left. Correct. Okay. Now, the whole life insurance that my husband has through State Farm, that's a 20-year pay. So, like, you pay it for 20 years, 20 years. and then you don't pay anymore. Yep. So, let's just see here. And then, but there shouldn't be a cash value on those two term policies. So, is there, that There is because it's a return of premium term life. Oh, okay. So you can. Yeah, I got the Cadillac of (laughs) term life insurance. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so you got the return of premium. Mm -hmm. What are those two term policies that have 20 years left? What do those add up to for monthly? They're the two term. um, My husband's is $92 monthly, and mine is $73.53 monthly. Okay. And the whole life is $93.53 monthly. And what's the death benefit on that fifty thousand? You said correct. Okay, so that's fifty thousand. All right, well, let's run some numbers and see. So let's see if we took. I just want to see for argument's sake if we took the money that you are paying, which is basically three sixty for all these policies. Correct. And then if you close them out, you're going to get paid out forty four thousand. Yeah. Okay, so let's just do. I'm going to put it into a system and we're going to see what it turns out to be for retirement. If you do that monthly, we take that because you're already spending that 360. So if we were right. to put, put that all into retirement, starting with a, a value of 44,000, we'll figure out how we're going to do that, but let's see what it works right. out to be. And then that will give us, usually this is what I, I like the numbers to make the decision. 
Yeah. That sounds good to me. Cause I need to like, that's the thing. Like, so like in my mind, I got these new term policies because I knew that it was the right thing to do, but like, it just feels scary to let the other ones go. And I, I mean, I'm, I feel very insecure about money. Like, you know, I think it has to do with a little bit how I grew up, but, um, like it, that's what feels like scary and hard. Like, like I know rationally that I should be able to let these go. We have better coverage, you know, all of that. But it's like I'm having a hard time pulling the trigger on that. Yeah. So let's just see what it looks like. I'm just going to literally plug it into a retirement mm-hmm. system. And let's see what it's worth if you – so then you can look at both options. One, you pay into the insurance and you have insurance permanently. And the other one, we put it into you, – you invested and see well, – and then the numbers will speak for themselves. Right. Because I know that if it's invested well, then I, I'm be, I will ha- would like – basically have my own insurance plan if that money's invested properly, you know? Exactly. Then you have an account with your name on it, or right? you and your husband's name on it, and then probably be worth more than what the insurance value right. would be, right? right. So right. let's just say we invest it non, well, we'll just say qualified. So we're just going to say we put it into a regular investment account, which is non-qualified, meaning no tax advantage. Right. And we can just go right. from there. So we'll just see, we took the life insurance money and we're going to start with an account value of $44,000. We're going to do a monthly contribution of $360 a month. We're going to start it now and we're going to go out to age 65. So let's see what this looks like. So it looks like, what would you, what would you like me to do for returns? We could do, Hmm. let's say that we average... Let's be conservative, I guess, right? Yeah. Do you want to say? We well, you're average- the expert. What am I telling I mean- you to do? <laughs> you decide. Let's say that we we average over in, from now until 2044 um, at age 65, we average um, variable returns, meaning some years it's going to go up, some years it's going to go down, which is a very mm-hmm. realistic scenario, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but we average, you know, even with a down market of 29% one year and another down market of 18%. But we average 7%. Right. If you put that $44,000 and you do the monthly contribution of $360 a month, then at age 65, that would work out to be $360,000. Okay. Okay. That's great. Yeah. Because what is the the death benefit now is 183 and the other death benefit is 50,000. So that's 233,000 of death benefit versus an uh, account with your name on it for three right. months. P- potentially, right? This and is we all... get to live. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. But I do think that um, you have enough coverage with the term insurance. And mm-hmm. do, you get, do you get anything through work? Yeah, I do actually. Something small, like I, I, I should have known that number, but there is, I, th- I want to say like 10,000. So basically like a burial policy. Right, right. But, but that's fine. It's, but you know. Yeah, yeah. I think 700 and 500 for 20 years is good. Let's just run this number out. So then we did exactly 20 years. Yeah, it would be 2041. So let's just move this back here. So then this would be closer to $277,000 mm-hmm. in 20 years. Mm-hmm. So that's what that's when the insurance would expire. Right. And then the mortgage is paid off. 277000 is what approximately would be invested. Right. Okay. So let's, okay. So we've, so this is like the big question is what we're going to do with this. So 
we think that this account will be worth, we'll just say for argument's sake, about 350000 if it's invested. So mm -hmm. now let's talk about, I have your monthly expenses. So we're bringing in, so that we'll make the life insurance decision in a second. Oh, let's Barbara. Also, yeah. this, I should tell you this. So at my previous job, um, and this is like 10 years ago, um, I they some I have somehow have like some stock from that. I, I knew oh. that I had it, but I don't know what to do with it. It's it's only twenty two hundred dollars. It's not a lot of money, but like I know that I'm I need to do something with that. Like it's not doing me any favors sitting in there. So one of my things I was thinking about, and you know, just so you can factor this in, was like, should I roll that over into like a five twenty nine for my son, or should I cash that out and put that with this? You know, like. Or do I cash that out, put it towards my home equity loan? Like, so there's another $2,000 sitting that. Perfect. Okay. Another yeah. $2,000 we have something to play with. I added up your budget and mm -hmm. I, I just uh, made all your numbers monthly rather than bi-weekly, even though mm -hmm. I know bi-weekly yeah. is easier, but just for argument's sake. So you bring in yeah. 6,700 with just right. the term insurance and none of the other insurance. Your expenses that we went through are approximately 5,000. So you have about 1,700 left over. Yeah. On a, on a monthly basis. Okay. Yes. And we have that extra 2000 from stock. Okay. And then now you have the five months emergency fund saved up. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. So how much is in there then? Uh, about uh, 20, it's about 20,000. Perfect. Okay, good. Yeah. 20,000. And then do you have anything saved for retirement? Yet. Okay. So I have a 403B at my work and that was like going to be part of my question. Like, should I cash out that money from those insurance and like filter that into my 403B. Okay. So I have the 403B and then my plan in the next month or so is to open, I was hoping to open a Roth for myself and a Roth for my husband. Okay. And then my husband has um, a, an old retirement from a previous job that we just rolled over. Um, and one of my questions for you is, um, he has 16,000 in Roth and 14,000 in traditional. And I was going to, I guess I keep thinking we should convert that all to a Roth. Well, that is going to, you're going to get a big tax hit on that. So I don't, okay. I wouldn't do that now. Um, okay. So what does he have in the traditional 14? He has 14 in the traditional and 16 in the Roth. Okay, perfect. And then. And um, I have about 12,000 in my 403B. Perfect. Okay. And then. The, the traditional is where you moved his former work plan, right? Well, I see, I don't really understand. When he set this up, when we went in to transfer it, um, to like roll it over into Vanguard, yep. it was already set up as 14,000 traditional and, and 16,000 Roth. And I oh. don't quite understand how or why that happened. The woman said that at some point in time, my husband chose like switch to a Roth. That's possible. I don't. I don't remember that happening, but obviously, obviously it did. So it's like a traditional, a raw and a Roth. Okay. And that's his total. Right. Okay. Perfect. Um, so we have the emergency fund. And then is there any other assets? I just want to make sure I have everything written down. There are no other assets now. Okay. Perfect. So then what is your, is, are you, can you're not contributing anything to your husband's Roth right now, right? He, at his, no, we're not contributing anything. And at his current employer, they don't have any kind of retirement plan. Okay. So he has no retirement plan. And then with yours, is there a match? And then how much are you yes. contributing? Um, oh, so right now I'm just contributing to get the match, but I'm, I'm actually going to 
well, I'm getting a raise in a couple months and I'm going to just, it's a percentage raise. And I'm going to roll that right into it. So right now I'm con contributing 2.5. They match 2.5 and then I'll get a 3% raise. And I was going to just not the even see thing. that raise. Exactly. Perfect. So you'll be up to 5.5 and then they're going to do 2.5. So we get Correct. you up to eight. And it's, is it the, so then it's 8% of your compensation, right? Is that Correct. Right? Okay. So if you're making 50,000, then it'll be approximately 4%, correct? I'm sorry, four, can you repeat uh, that? Yeah, so with the- 4,000, so is that what you're saying? Yeah, 4,000 yes, will be going. Yes, okay. yes, So let's just run out the number. So I think, why don't we do this? And you want to do a 529. Well, I want to do something to see. I, I would like yeah. to save something, but you know, I just- I'm not kind. I'm not sure what kind of kid my son's going to be. I don't know if he's going to go to a four-year college or if he's going to go to a trade school. Like, I just don't. I just don't know. So, like, th that's like yeah. the next thing I was going to try to start educating myself on. Like, I, you know, every time you, every time it seems to go back to a five twenty-nine, but I just don't know if there is a better way to save for him. The five twenty-nine is the most flexible in terms mm -hmm. of that you don't pay taxes on it while it grows, and it can be mm -hmm. used for trade school or vocational school or regular school. Um, but yeah, that is the hard thing. The worst case is he doesn't go to school. It can be transferred to a family member. It's pretty lenient. Uh, you can take the money out. You would just owe taxes on it. Right. The other thing you could do is we could just, I mean, you can, yeah, it's hard to know, right? Because if he doesn't go to school, then you save up the money and you don't need it. Mm -hmm. That's always a question, right? Because he's six. It's hard to predict. <laughs> right. I'm like, do I just, I, like, what do I do? But I don't want to get to the point where he is ready for school and then I don't have anything for him. Although like our mortgage would be paid off by then. So we could like cash flow it, you know? Yeah. So but... that's the other thing. I was just going to say, what if we focused on your retirement and getting mm -hmm. you in a position to be comfortable for retirement mm -hmm. and in a good financial situation, because then you mm -hmm. could help him with cash flow. Because mm -hmm. now we have $2,000 month, a month back in your budget, and you mm -hmm. could just give him $1,500 a month or something mm -hmm. like that. Because mm -hmm. what I do see often is parents jeopardize, not all the time, but sometimes parents jeopardize right. their own financial well-being for the child. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the, you know, what they say on the airplane is correct. Put the oxygen mask on yourself first, because if you're right. in a good position, then you're able to help yeah. because, you know, you don't want to be working at 75. No. So why don't we focus on your retirement? Because okay. then if he gets to 18 and says he wants to go to college, I mean, even if you just made the same as the mortgage payment, mm -hmm. right, which mm -hmm. is $2,000 a month, that would be $24,000 a year you could give towards school. Right. And that's right. a good number. Right. Right. Cause over four years, that's not almost a hundred thousand. Right. And we're already like, I don't know what kind of high school he's going to go to. Like right now he's going to, um, a Catholic grade school. I don't know if he might go to the public high school. Like we don't know yet. So like we're used to paying tuition already. We're used to paying $500 a month, you know? Exactly. So like, you know, right. That would be so, even more that we would have. So why don't we do this? Why don't we focus, um, on retirement? Okay. And then the plan would be for school would be the mortgage is going to be done in, you said, 12 years? Yes. So that would then bring him to age 18. Mm -hmm. And then it would be cash flow right. would be the plan if he wanted right. to go to school. Right. And if he doesn't or doesn't need as much, then we, we really start tackling in 12 years, adding more to retirement. Right. So if we have this $1,700 a month, can I use this? Can I take some of this money towards saving for retirement? 
Right. Yeah, definitely. Because part of my plan was, okay, so one of the things I was thinking, I just want to run this by you about sure. like cashing out these life insurance plans is like, should I just take like the lump sum of that and pay off my home equity loan so that I'll, then I can, then we would have even more money. I forgot to give you the home equity loan payment, Barbara. Oh yeah, what's that That's payment? 300 and we pay that bi-weekly, 160, so it's 320 a month. Perfect. Okay. So then we have, so 1700 minus 320. And when will that be paid off if you don't prepay it? <sighs> We've been prepaying it the whole time. So now I don't even know, I don't know if we did bare bones. I don't, I, probably about like six years, I want to say. Okay. So let's, I'm just trying to figure out the numbers here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we have like basically 1300 a month. I just am kind of, here's what I'm thinking. And I just want to run mm -hmm. the numbers. I'm thinking that we, you're already going to be at 8% in your plan. We mm -hmm. do 500 a month um, for each of your Roths. Mm -hmm. That then takes up that extra thousand. It has, leaves you with 380, which is another 380 you can put on the home equity loan. Mm-hmm. And then we get that done. And then I just want to see how that predicts out with um, your, I just want to see what it looks like for your retirement. Right. So keep my four or three contributions the same and then like max out a Roth. And yeah. that, that that what you're saying? Okay. Yeah. And I just need to look at the tax brackets and see where you're falling. Cause maybe mm -hmm. we do less for you in the Roth and bump up your four. Cause you're already going to put the 3% match in there. So maybe we bump up another 2%. Right. Into yeah, your... and I, I've been running those numbers in my head too because I, I was like trying to get up to 10% of my yes. pay into that 403B. So I, I know all the numbers of what that will be. Okay, like, so let's run that because then we're both, let me just, I'm just putting this into a system here. And just to, for simplicity purposes, I'm just putting your husband in as Maisie's husband. So you think it's a bad idea to convert that traditional to a Roth too, Barbara? You think that would cost... Yeah, I think money. the cost is going to be too much. Um, so just let that traditional go and like invest it, but don't contribute to it and max out the Roth. Yeah, max out the Roth for now. Um, if you get a tax refund um, or something or the accountant says you should do it, we'll just let that keep cooking. Okay. There's always opportunities to convert that in the future. Okay. You just don't want to do it on income of 115000 Okay, got it. So we're going to do your 403B and easy's 403B. Okay. Let's just run the numbers with it being 10% of salary going in there. Um, mm -hmm. And the account value currently is 12,000. Correct. Save. Okay. So here's what we have for you. We have, let's say we have a, we can talk about whether we, how we do this, but let's just say we close out the extra insurance. Mm -hmm. We take that cash value. Uh, remind me what the home equity what I, I want. What do we have left on the home equity? Yeah, seventeen thousand. Use four thousand towards that. I'm thinking maybe you take four thousand and and maybe then you take that stock and instead of doing a five twenty nine that gets you six thousand towards the home equity loan. Mm -hmm. Use four thousand from the life insurance. Use the two thousand from the stock. Right, that's mm -hmm. six thousand that gets the home equity line of credit down to eleven. Mm -hmm. And you're putting eight hundred a month towards it. Okay. Does that make sense? Yes. Then that gets it almost paid off in 12 months, a little over yes. four, 14. And then that frees up in 14 months, that frees up another three, no, really 800 a month. Let's do it that way. So the money that we're, um, the other money that we're like cashing out from the life insurance, that would go into like a taxable account, right? Technically, yeah. It would go into and a taxable account. And then I just account. let that sit. I don't really contribute to it. 
until I have, and then unless I have extra money, like you're saying, like 14 months from now, and then I can maybe like, how do I weigh out what to contribute to the 403B, the taxable account? Like what, how do I decide that? So we're going to do all of it. So in okay. your, so with your monthly money, tell me if I'm correct, but I mm-hmm. had it figured out to be with the expenses you gave me. So you have 17,000 left on the HELOC. So let's just say we close out the life insurance. We take 40,000, 4,000, and we take the money from the stock, which is six. So now we get the, the HELOC down to 11,000, which you'll get done mm-hmm. in probably about 14 months if you keep making okay. those payments. Yeah. And then let me just make sure I added up. So we have 67. Let me just make sure, let me just redo yep. here. So with the mortgage monthly, it's 2100 with the tuition, cell phone, Comcast, your son's health insurance plan, uh, the utilities, electric, food, gas, water, trash, Christmas, and uh, vacation, 162.50. Then you're doing three, how much on the HELOC? 300. 320 a month. 320 a month. We have the two insurances, which is 360 plus 120. So that's $5,603 total. Okay. So $5,603. We have coming in Mm $6,700. So let's just say if we round up, we basically have $1,000 left over. Okay. Yep. So I'm going to take right out of that off the out of the gate. I'm going to take five hundred dollars. So we really only have five hundred dollars left over monthly because I'm going to take five hundred and put it into your husband's four uh, Roth IRA. Okay. So we have that starting. So now we have five hundred left over. Then I'm going to take two fifty of that and I'm going to put it in your Roth IRA. So okay. two fifty left over. With your current budget, right? With what we're paying for everything right now. Right. So then what I'm going to do, so then I'm going to say we're going to cancel all that insurance, the 360, mm-hmm. and I'm going to repurpose that money and it's going to go into an investment account. The rest with, of the remainder of that, right? Like the 40000 Yep. So we're going to, if you cancel that, that I have that in your budget. That's how we got to the 5,700 monthly, included the home mm-hmm. equity line of credit and included mm-hmm. the 360 you're paying for those two terms and that whole life insurance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if we, ca- if we we repurpose that spend and we, we keep it in the budget. We're going to take it now and put it in an investment account. Okay. So then it's going to be tight, but only tight for 14 months. But you already just did this huge, you already yeah, just tackled and we- all this been paying like an extra like 1000 to 1200 towards the home equity loan like the past few months so we're kind of used to doing that okay with having it all these different life insurance policies going at the same time <laughs> so what i'm going to do is i'm basically spending all of your money so it's not going to be perfect every month but right you're going to take that extra two cuz i just took away the money you've been putting on the home equity loan mm-hmm. and put that in the Roth so now you're just going to have an extra 250 on the home equity loan so it's okay. going to be basically We'll just say a proc. It's three sixty-two. You said plus the two fifty, so that's basically six hundred goes on the home equity. Mm-hmm. But what I want to do is take the stock and four thousand dollars from the life insurance money you're going to get and pay mm-hmm. down that six thousand. So the HELOC is at eleven thousand, mm-hmm. and so eleven thousand. If you're putting six hundred dollars a month on it, will be paid in eighteen months. Okay. 
once the HELOC is paid, you have $600 a month back in your budget. Right. And we've already, you know, now we can just see what, that'll give you some breathing room. So it's just going to be really tight for basically a year and a half more. Right. But let's see what this looks like now um, with this, with this new retirement plan that we just put together. So you're going to be really, so if we go out to age 65, and I think a realistic age, you know, for our generation is probably closer to 70, you know, 67. Mm -hmm. So I think you'll be very happy to know that now at age 65, with this plan that we just came up with and an average return of 7% in a variable market situation, the total value of all of these accounts would add up to be just under 1.2 million. Wow. That's shocking. <laughs> wow. So that's maxing out the, well, that's just your husband to, maxing out. Maxing his out me not, me quite, not quite so much probably. Nope. You just doing 250 a month. Except after we would pay off this home equity loan, then I could really max it out, right, Barbara? Then, yep, exactly. So basically, if you can kind of if if you can stick to a strict budget for another year and a half, you'll totally yeah. change your future trajectory. Right. And then my plan is like for in the future, whenever I get raises, to just not get the raise, just roll it right into my four hundred three b. Just keep, exactly. keep going every time I get a raise. Just keep that percentage going. Keep putting it in there. Yep. Right. Absolutely. So I think you're better served repurposing your budget and not having as much life insurance. The risk is really going to be, so let's just see if your husband, so up until you, the insurance expires from 20 years, that gap between yeah. you know, age 62, basically, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and 65 is the, but so let's just see what this, these numbers look like if you're, if you lost your husband the day the insurance expired, like the day mm -hmm. after. So let's just run this number to age 60, 62, right? That's when the insurance expires. Right. At that point, if all else stays the same from now till 62 and we continue on this exact retirement funding strategy with him maxing out his Roth, you putting 250 a month in your Roth and doing 10% into your 403B and investing that life insurance monthly money and mm -hmm. and cash value, that would bring the total to at age 62 for you approximately 900,000. Okay. So if your husband passed away when he, you know, when you're 62 years old. Yeah. Yeah. You would have $900,000. I think you would be fine. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So the, so the risk is, you know, at age 62 and maybe at age 62 with term insurance, you can always convert it to a permanent policy. In okay. the last year. So let's okay. say you get to age 60 and say, you know, we don't quite have enough, enough money. I would like to keep 100000 on my husband or 50000 okay. on him. You could mm -hmm. convert it to a permanent policy for 50000 and then you could always mm -hmm. cancel it when you hit retirement. Okay. Okay. But, and then if, if we took this out to even age 67, the numbers are even better. It's about $1.5 then. Wow. Okay. I want to throw, I want to throw a curveball your way. Okay. So, <laughs> so, um, unfortunately both of my parents have passed away and, um, there, there is, um, their house that is a complicated situation because I have two brothers living in the house and my one brother is trying to buy the house and buy the two of us That's out. out. Okay. And if that actually happens, which I just don't even know if it, I don't know at this point what's going to happen. Um, then there's a chance I would end up getting about $50,000 from that. Now, so 
I guess my, what I would love to be able to do with that money is we have like some things that we really need to do to our house that I would love to put the money towards that. And I feel like if I like looked around my house and knew that the money that was from my parents, like I got, like I did what needed to be done to my house and made it like a nicer place to live in. I would love to do that. But then I don't know, is that not smart? Should I then put that $50,000 into that taxable account? You know, why don't we split the difference or why don't you take like 15 or 20,000 of it? And then you could invest like 15 or 20, you know, I think that like always kind of compromising and doing a little bit today, a little bit for tomorrow. Yeah. Um, would be great. But I also think that if you can just stick to the plan that we just talked about, yeah, you'll be in a really good spot for retirement. Right. Um, okay. And then kind of just let that 529, you know, go a little bit and maybe, you know, God willing too, in the future, my husband's making more money and then maybe yeah. we would be able to contribute a little bit more, you know, or something to a 529 for him. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's just important to make sure that you have that retirement set up and that there's yeah. not going to be a financial tragedy if one of you predeceases the other. Right. I think with the amount of insurance you currently have um, with, the, with the new term policies that you just took out and then having an investment strategy for how much you're contributing to what accounts. Yeah. You know, then by the age 60, you know, with every, you know if the market does what we Hope. Predict it. Yeah, what well, we hope it does. And there should yeah. be somewhere between seven fifty and nine hundred thousand saved up. And then you no mortgage, your son is old enough to take care of himself. And if he does want to go to college in, you know, twelve years, we you yeah. don't have the home equity loan, the mortgage yeah. is paid off. And right there between those two, yeah. you know, that's like twenty four hundred a month that you're yeah. not spending. Plus right. plus his tuition of five hundred and twenty five. Right. So right. it's actually closer to three thousand between all of right. those bills. Um so can I just ask you, like I ha- I pretty have a pretty good understanding of like the tax advantage accounts, like the four like the four oh three B, the Roth, but like when you open a taxable account, like what does that really mean that it's a taxable account? Like will I be paying taxes on the money I make on that yearly? Like how does that work? Correct. So basically, um, you know, one other option is to put the money in the bank and then max out your 403B and lower your tax. I, I was wondering that too. Like, that's one of the things I wrote down. Like, do I just put that money aside and then like amp up my 403B contribution to like 50%, which would get me to the max contribution and then use that money to... Yeah. yeah. Like and so what? that's a more complicated strategy and you just have to make sure you stick with it. I think that because you did such a good job with paying off debt, you can probably stick with it. Mm-hmm. Um, cause sometimes what people do is they put the money in the bank and then they spend it and then they have to dump down the, the yeah. through B cause they didn't. Yeah. It. So it just depends on, cause my goal ultimately is that you have enough for retirement. How we get you there is whatever mm-hmm. strategy will work best for you. So if you mm-hmm. can put it in the bank and actually up the 403B and stick with that, yeah. um, I don't well, know. I would just do it. I would just yeah. up it and then like once it's done, it would be done and I wouldn't touch it. I mean, I, yeah. I am a very controlled person. Like I, like I definitely can, I mean, I think I can do that. Do you think that's just as good as just putting a flat $40,000 in it? Like, how do you decide which is better? So it's, there's no perfect solution, right? And so right. the nice thing with the 403B is it lowers your taxable income. So you'll see a bigger bang for your buck, right? Because you're not paying right, tax right. on it. Yeah, but, like if I did a fifty percent of my pay, you know, which I probably couldn't do that much because I would, it would be yeah, over the limit. I could you probably could do forty percent. Yeah, nineteen thousand five hundred. So that's yeah. absolutely one way you could do it. Um, the the benefit of it is you get the bigger bang for your buck, meaning you don't pay federal, so you're lowering your taxable income. Mm-hmm. The 
and I'm happy with however you do it. Um, yeah. The, with the do you test think poll, it would pretty much run out to be the same numbers, Barbara, pretty much, give or take? Yeah, well, we can look at the numbers. So the ins life insurance account at age 67 would be – because then you could also – I would say the uh, the flip side of it, the the reason for doing the taxable account is it's now an investment account you can access at any point. It's right. Not, That's it's not. I can't not touch it. I, I can't touch it if I had to. God forbid there's an emergency. Emergency. Or yeah. So you're not locked up, which is the mm -hmm. biggest difference. And mm -hmm. so then when you're looking at your retirement um, in the future, if you do it, you know, with the taxable account. You have almost four hundred and fifty thousand if we wait till sixty-seven, and then basically the rest of it is retirement accounts, right? So you've almost split it that, you know, two-thirds of your retirement is Roth and IRA, most of it mm -hmm. Roth, and then the other third is this taxable account. Mm -hmm. But either or is fine, um, or you could, you know, since we don't know what the future is going to bring, what the tax brackets are going to bring, you could mm -hmm. always split the difference and you could do 20 front load the mm -hmm. 403B, put 20,000, you know, and then invest 20 and then split right. the contribution. So I always like to split the difference. If we don't know what's the better solution, you could do yeah. half and half. Okay. But yeah. Okay. So okay. we went through a lot today. <laughs> I feel like some of the listeners might have their heads spinning right now. I know. I have my head off and spinning, and it's my situation. So, <laughs> Well, I think you're on a great track. I think the next year and a half will be tight, but if you can stick with that plan, you'll get yourself you know, debt-free, emergency fund, and on the right track for retirement. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for coming on. Um, and for Thank all you. of our lovely listeners, you can find us on Instagram for our most up-to-date news. And you can check out our website, thefuturerichpodcast.com, for our free downloads and classes. Thanks for listening. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.